Hey, NFL fans, don't miss Nashville's best NFL pregame show. Start your morning off with the kickoff from 10 to 1, followed by the NFL pregame show featuring Jared Stillman, Floyd Reese, Chris Sanders, live from George Jones downtown on 2nd Ave. This Sunday, it's from 1 to 3, prior to the Titans taking on the Denver Broncos. Our NFL pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, Middle Tennessee Kubota Dealers, and Boombaz, Craft Pizza, and Tap House. Willie Donick, Chase McKay with you. John Glennon joins us from The Athletic. He's got some interesting numbers, uh, focusing in on some of the trends uh, that the Titans have done well and not so well through the first five games. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Well, John, let's hit on the first thing. You, you've, you have focused in on, and, and I heard the broadcasters, uh, Spiro Didis and Adam Archuleta, have done quite a few of the Titans games so far. They're getting very familiar with what this team uh, has to offer here. And so they, they kind of hit on this theme as well. 2.5 seconds. When Mariota gets the ball out quicker than that, he seems to have more success. And when he holds the ball a little bit longer, less success. Fair to say? Yeah, I think I think that's very fair to say. You know, in, in fact, in the two wins the Titans had, uh, when Marcus held the ball under two and a half seconds, uh, the best quarterback rating in the NFL in those two games is like one forty one point six. He threw five of his seven touchdown passes in those kind of situations. So uh, it makes a big difference. Now, probably a lot of factors go into that too. Uh, one. You know, is Marcus being decisive? Uh, is, he, is he being uh, quick-minded with his uh, with his decisions? Yes, in those situations. Are receivers creating separation quickly? Yes, in those kind of situations. Uh, and is there a lack of pressure? Uh, yes, in those situations as well. So if they can kind of keep those factors moving in the right direction, it allows Marcus to get rid of the ball quickly. Things generally go much better in, in that kind of situation. John, it seems in the in the big picture, in particularly the two losses at home, Mike Vrabel has got to be a little disappointed, probably a lot disappointed, that they, they've won the turnover battle in both of those games. They've done a lot of good things in terms of Mariota not, not making the big mistake, but they haven't quite been able to win the field position game, the type of game that they take a lot of pride in, how they've designed themselves to win games. So, very frustrating. You know, the field goal kicking has a lot to do with that for sure in both of those games, but they're so close, and yet, you know, they're 0 2 at home. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you're a Titans fan, that's kind of the, the um, you know, the optimism that, that you share at this point is that you are so close. Uh, you know, two of the losses, a combined nine points, and, and even the Jacksonville game, you know, it was a 20 to 7 game, but you're still very much in the game, still in the, in the fourth quarter. So, they're not that far away. Now, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of the scary side of things is uh, this team has only suffered one turnover uh, the entire season. Uh, so you would think, uh, you know, maybe some of those numbers start to catch up to the Titans eventually. And, and, you know, you're a little worried that if you're two and three, having suffered only one turnover, what happens if you sprinkle a few more turnovers uh, in there? So that's a, uh, it's a bit of a dangerous situation, but um, yeah, you know, a couple other factors that you mentioned there or in the, uh, in the special teams front, um, you know, how often can you, are you going to go 0 for 4 uh, in the field goal department and uh, against Buffalo as well, the uh, 
punting uh, or the field position game, which has been so often in their favor uh, in games, really was against them. They started most of their drives, you know, around the 20-yard line or in that neighborhood in the game, and that's that's hard, I think, especially for this offense, which is not a particularly big play, explosive offense, to continually go down the field uh, and turn out those kind of yardage numbers. You point out a lot of things that they've done well in the wins, and it's been the exact opposite in the losses. The 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 battle up front seems to be a big a big key. In their two wins, they've been the one that have applied the pressure to the opposite team's quarterback. And of course, maybe their biggest issue right now is protecting Marcus Mariota. And in their three losses, it's been a big issue. Is it as simple as that, or or, or do you think it has something to do too with the personnel? That they have faced in those three in those in those particular games. Well, certainly they have faced you know more difficult defenses. You know, I think specifically against Jacksonville and Buffalo, and in two of the losses. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we all know that, that there's been a sack problem for the uh, for the Titans. I mean, they've given up 22 sacks, which is the uh, which is the second most in the league. But yeah, if you break it down a little bit more. Um, it has been much more of a concern in those losses. You know, they've averaged actually six sacks in the losses, uh, you know, as opposed to an average of, of giving up just a, a two in the uh, in the wins. And, and one of those sacks, as I pointed out in the story this morning, against Cleveland was actually a gimme. You know, Marcus Mariota kind of slid down late in the game just trying to waste some, some clock time. So it, it's been a huge difference there. But, you know, as we've probably talked about before, so much goes into when a quarterback gets sacked. You know, is it just that the offensive line is getting beat? Yes, that has certainly happened plenty of times. Uh, but also you have to, to, you know, take into effect the uh, the quarterback situation. Is Marcus as decisive as the Titans would like him to be all the time? I think that's still a, a work in progress. And the wide receivers, too. I think there's been a pretty big disparity in terms of separation in the, in the wins and losses, too. I think we all saw in the game against Atlanta, you know, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown did a great job getting open. Um, you know, they, they were very open targets for Marcus Mario throughout the game. And in other games, we haven't seen that so much. You know, Marcus has had to throw into a very tight window, um, and uh, it just hasn't been there. Or Marcus has had to eat the ball and take a sack when no wide receivers are, are available. John Glennon from The Athletic here with us on Darren Donkin Chase and uh, referencing his article in The Athletic about Titans trends that uh, the stats that points point to the differences in winning and losing this season and you mentioned Corey Davis and AJ Brown and what they have been able to do I am curious because uh, Titans fans have been longing for that two top wide receivers and I feel like they have it but to your point when they are taken out of the offense and they're not as productive why aren't we seeing more of Adam Humphreys and Delaney Walker and even Atajay Sharp be able to to contribute because it just seems like once Davis and Brown are taken out, so is everyone else. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, I think, especially, you know, regarding Walker. Um, you know, we're, we're used to see him, seeing him play 40, 50 snaps a game, playing a real central role. And, you know, granted, he does still lead the team with, with 18 catches, but you know, I think there's only been maybe one or two games this year he's played more than 30 snaps. And, you know, we asked Mike Vrabel about that the other day, and he kind of explained that, you know, this is sort of Delaney's role. You know, he's, he's more, uh, you know, passing situations, third down, uh, um, you know, and, and, and sprinkling into some other situations too. 
you know, and, and that's just not what we're used to, and I don't think Delaney Walker is really used to that as well. Uh, he says he's completely healthy. You know, there was a knee that bothered him earlier in the year, but he says he's completely healthy now. So, I don't know. I, I would expect a little bit more from Delaney Walker and, and the team trying to get the ball to Delaney Walker than we've seen in the last couple of games. You know, Adam Humphreys, he kind of is what he is. Uh, you know, he's been uh, decent for the most part in getting those short receptions, maybe picking up the uh, the first downs from time to time. He's never going to be a, uh, a game-breaker for the Titans, but, yeah, you made a good point. If he can't get the ball to Davis and Brown, certainly someone's got to be open, and you would think that would be Humphreys in the uh, in the slot position. I go back to something you just said about Delaney Walker and how Mike Vrabel told you all the other day in the press conference, you know, this is kind of what he is, this is his role, and that ties into you know several things with Mike Vrabel and you know coaching decisions. I mean, if Delaney Walker can be an effective weapon like he has been in the past, I don't understand why you don't just use him more. And then also some coaching decisions like going for it on fourth down, kicking, trying to kick a 53-yard field goal when the kicker has been trash all day. Do you kind of worry about some of the decision-making abilities of Mike Vrabel right now? Uh, you know, certainly there are some, uh, as you mentioned, there are some decisions that have come up that kind of leave you scratching your head. You know, my, my guess is that probably, you know, 20 or 25 markets out there, fans are, are, are probably doing the same thing and, and asking similar questions about their head coach. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, those were, were pretty prominent ones to me in the in the game against Buffalo there and, and that fourth down situation. To me, going for a 53-yard field goal, when your kicker is already 0 for 3 and you've still got, you know, six and a half minutes left in the game, to me that's option three. You know, really, to me, I, I thought the best option was actually punt from there. Uh, you know, you pin Buffalo very deep in their own territory. They're not likely to get out given their, you know, the, the lack of explosive offense that they have, and you're going to get the ball right back most likely in good field position. You know, number two to me is, is go for it. Uh, and then the third, as I say, was, was you know, try that 53-yard field goal. Because, uh, again, even if you get lucky and you get that field goal, it's only 14-10 to 10 at that point. You're still going to need a touchdown uh, to take the lead. So it's not as if you're trimming it into just a, um, a field goal situation at that point. So, yeah, I, I think he's had some head scratchers in, in recent weeks. Uh, and obviously when you lose, those become much more prominent. You know, if the Titans have found some way to win, we're probably not talking about that right now. John, the Titans take on Denver this week, but there was a report yesterday that first-round pick Jeffrey Simmons could be activated next week and could possibly even be ready to play against the Chargers. What have you heard on that front? Yeah, I, I think that's sort of the what they've been, uh, you know, expecting uh, for for pretty much this uh, season, you know, we've seen Jeffrey Simmons practicing, uh, or not, I shouldn't say practicing, sort of training on his own uh, regularly and, and sort of amping up over the past few weeks. You know, Mike Frabel has worked with him one-on-one on a, on a regular basis before the, uh, the main practices started. So, uh, yeah, that's the first week, of course, that he can become eligible is, is next week, and I would assume that will uh, that will be the case now. I still think it's going to be some time before he makes a significant impact. You know, we're talking about a guy who didn't play at all, obviously, in training camp, hasn't practiced at all start of the year either. Um, so, you know, the Jeffrey Simmons that, that starts out uh, in the next week or so will not be the one that was tearing up the SEC last year. But in time, 
boy, I, I expect him to make a uh, significant impact on that line. And, you know, you get a, a front three like Casey Simmons and, and Dequan Jones, that uh, that's going to create some real havoc. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to what he'll bring to the table in time. As I say, uh, I wouldn't expect anything uh, huge in the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely an X factor. You wonder in the final quarter of the season what that might look like. John, thanks a lot for joining us. Great stuff in The Athletic as always. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, John Glennon. Uh, interesting breakdown. You know, things are doing well in wins, things that are not going well in losses. He, he has it uh, pretty well separated. When we come back, we'll, we'll look at what is ahead here with the Denver Broncos. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, we'll give you the football outsider's profile uh, okay. of what the Broncos have got, and we'll touch on a few other things. Some roster Titans moves of, yesterday yep. that I think we need to talk about, and too. We, we will do that on the other side. Stay tuned. This is 102.5 The Game. Darren Donick and Chase.